Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. This is a really big weekend. Do you guys know that? It's a really, really big weekend. Anybody have a few days off because of it? Um, that's because it's my wife and my daughter's birthday, so you're welcome. Um, they're here. Yesterday was a great day. My wife had her birthday. I don't know how old she is. It doesn't re- it's, not, it's not relevant. It's not relevant. Uh, and my daughter, she is 12. Yo, where does it go? Middle school right here. So anyway, uh, at some point in time, you can say happy birthday to them. But uh, on with the word, I uh, just wanted to let you know why maybe you had some days off. And that's, uh, that's why. So we're all celebrating the same thing here. Um, hey, last couple of weeks, we have been on a ride to introduce uh, two topics around the word. We need to be in the word. People of the word, especially at a time like this, there's so many things around us that are shaking, that are unstable, and we need to have our hearts and our minds fixed on the word of God and in prayer. So we've been walking through a couple of weeks of the word, and then in December, we're going to be diving into the topic of prayer so that we can be anchored and armored with some weapons of warfare to go take down strongholds and live well in the city that God's planted you in. So as we finish up, I just want to make a note of a couple things. The group guide uh, for you to get into some relationships, bring some people around you, bring this message into conversation, find out where it fits, how you're living it, pray into it. Living in community, so important. Jesus never once taught on community, but he lived it through his entire uh, gospels and so we um, we do the same by uh, doing that sermon based guide um, you know the the uh, pastors uh, at grace we get together once a month and we uh, dive into a topic and it's just conversational style we we are able to encourage each other love on one another just really correct guide and build each other up once a month we have a pastor's meeting a couple months ago we met around the topic of the word of God in preparation for this month and uh, we put together a reference or a resource guide for you that just has some framework on if we were able to sit with you and give you some counsel and just give you some guidance on what to stay away from, what to stay, um, it, you know, maybe in the guardrails with. What we did is, is we put a, um, a piece of paper together, uh, two sides. One, it has some practical things on here. Like, for instance, one way to get into the Word and get the Word inside of you is volunteer at G-Kids and teach kids. Like, come on, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but you really don't know topics, especially inside scriptures, no, no better topic than that. You don't really know these stories until you teach them to little five and six-year-olds, and they get to ask you questions. You're like, this is what happened with David and Goliath. And you're like, well, what about this? And you're like, oh, I've never read that. That's, uh, you know, so I appreciate that. So it's, it's such a good environment. So, so that's, that, honestly, that's one of our, you, you know, there's like um, 9 million translations of the Bible. Have you ever noticed that? And they just, they keep new ones come out every day. Um, we, we put together, I think there's five. There's five ones that we would recommend you read in the Bible that are word-for-word translation that stick to uh, the translation that is closest to the original language. There's some resources like uh, Bible Hub, Blue Letter Bible, uh, Bible Project that are really good resources to come alongside. Uh, There's also a a vision of why, the motive of why you do Bible reading. And one of them said, just get around hungry people. Just get around hungry people. You need to get around other people who appreciate and live out this word. 
You just need to be around those. And then um, if there's there's contextual questions, historical ways that you know, am I studying the Bible well? There's there's questions that you can ask. This is not exhaustive, obviously, but um, we just put this together as a guide. There's some questions that you need to be asking um, on how to interpret properly and how to find out what's on there. And so that's on here, too. So anyway, we put that together. And um, we had a good time doing it. So if that's going to be helpful or useful, we figured no matter where you are, new or, you know, you're, you're schooled in this thing called the Word, you should be good by just having that as a reference. So you can pick that up on the welcome desk. I think we're just selling them for five ninety nine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, those are free. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, hey, what I want to talk to you about today, this is the last one. First week was um, the role and the function of the Word. What does what the role play in your life? What's the function of the Word of God in your life? The second week we talked about how do we get in the Word? How does the Word get inside of us? What's the motive behind reading the Word? We do a lot of spiritual practices. There, there's giving, there's fasting, there's praying, worship, going to church, journaling, there's Bible reading. There's a bunch of practices. They're called spiritual disciplines. But why? we need to uncover the biblical reason of why you do it. Why do you read? Why do you fast? Why do you give? Why do you love? Why do you serve? Why do you... Fill in the blank. And so we uncovered that last week. And we talked about Lectio Divina. And then today I want to talk about abiding. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this idea down. Abide. How do we not only read the word, but how do we live the word? That's, that's, our, that's the place in which God, I'm going to get to there. Scriptures are going to be heavy on the back end on, on today. But I'm going to get to a point where Jesus makes it emphatically clear that he wants you to live the word. Your desire is to live the word. We do not have a desire, a deep desire to live a theoretical life. We want to live a life of meaning and purpose that's on mission so that we can get to the very end of our days and meet Jesus at the very end. And he can welcome us in and say, well done, not well said. Doesn't matter what you posted, what you talk about, your conversations. How are you living and I'm just telling you right now, it's not about your effort in living because it's not, by, it's not by might, it's not by your strength, but it's by the Spirit of God. You need, we need to get to the end of our days and work backwards and say, God, I need you to help me live today as if it's the last. I need you to help me to live today. I need you to help me to live today. Empower me to walk in the Spirit. Walk filled up with you every single day so it's it's not a matter of just getting in the word but what i want to talk about today is how do we live the word how do we live the word and this is the essence of where i want to go so let's just define our terms whenever you hear the word abide it usually um a lot of people reference john 15 where jesus speaks of the relationship that he has with the father and he invites you and me into that same relationship to abide to remain. This Greek word has a bunch of definitions, a full expression. Let me just kind of narrow this down. It means to stay. It means to continue. It means to take up residence. It, it's the language abiding speaks of a relationship of loyalty. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not leaving. We're connected. Um, the Old Testament idea is called covenant. A covenant is a promise and a commitment from God to say, I am going to be in this relationship no matter what. And here's the signs of what that's, that looks like. It's not contractual. It's, it's a covenant is bonded in the word, which always comes back to God fulfilled, never void. Are you following? 
But this is, this is huge. Abiding is the doing the same thing. Abiding is a relationship. It's not stale. It's not lifeless. It is robust. It's intimacy. It's knowing God. It's hearing his voice. It's doing his will. It's having the heart of the Father and walking out the great adventure of your life every single day. That's abiding. Resting. Your heart resting in the presence of God. No matter what's going on around you. This word abiding is not only practical, but it's also an invitation to do also another word that you, that's used in the Bible. It's just called walking. When you walk with God, Adam and Eve walked with God. Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. It's depictive of a language of just a journey. Hey, we're going to be on this for a long time. Why don't we just walk together? Amos says you can't agree with anybody unless you walk. Walk together in agreement. Your heart's aligned. This is what it's like to have a relationship with God, to abide. To abide. This is what Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, in John chapter 8, if you want to be my disciple, you have to abide in my word. Do you want to be a student of me? Do you want my peace? you want my love? you want my direction? you want my guidance? you want my wisdom? you want everything that I have to offer? Yes, I want to be a student. you want to be a son and daughter? you want to be welcomed into my home? Yes. This is what he says. Abide in my word. Stay. Whatever I say, take up residence there. So if I say, hey, I want you to rest. Enter my rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. Enter my rest. I want to teach you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That right there, that's your reality. Abide, take up residence in what God says to you, and you'll be my disciple. Do you want eternal life? Yes. Well, it starts the moment that you get to know God and you walk with Him. Abide. John, one of Jesus' probably closest disciple, writes a letter, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. It's at the back end of your Bible, near Revelation. In the book of 1st John, he writes to this, and John sprinkles it in the word abide. Numerous times, abide, abide, abide. Just remain, stay right there. And I, I know there's, there's, um, there's talk amongst Christians who often I hear them say God's primary love language. Are you guys familiar with the love languages? There's five love languages. Gary Chapman talks about five love languages that you can, in a relationship, and a spouse. You, are you familiar with this? Feedback is beneficial whenever I ask you a question. I just want to make sure we're... Five love languages. And uh, Christians say this. Hey, God's primary, this is number one, his primary love language is obedience. I just have such a hard time with that. Because if that was true, if God's primary love language for you was obedience, then he should have made you a robot. He should have made you a remote control in which he can dictate and allow and serve and do his will a lot easier, a lot cleaner, and a lot faster, a lot more efficient. Are you with me? That's not what he did. He made human beings in his image so that we can be together. His primary love language is presence. He wants to be with you. In fact, the message is so profound that he sends his son down so that there's nothing in the way of his relationship with you. I'm going to put my son in the place so that you can come up and meet with me. That's how emphatic, that's how serious he is about that relationship. And if he wanted just a bunch of doers, then he could have went a different direction. But he didn't. He said, I wanted you just to be with me. That's 
my love language. Out of that presence, out of that relationship, father-son relationship, father-daughter relationship, out of that relationship comes obedience and doing his will. Because when you hang out with someone who's so loving, you end up being loving yourself. It's just one of the fruits. When you hang out with someone who's so joy, and in fact, God's strength is his joy, then you come out strong because you're defiant with joy. When everyone else is mourning and sorrowful and in fear, worry, and anxiety, you're full of joy on the inside because greater is he in here, come on, than anybody outside in the world. If that's true, we need to be walking in the authority of what God says and not what we hear around us. That's abiding. It's the picture of Jesus in the boat asleep and all of his disciples were freaking out because the storm was around. Hey, have you seen the stock market? Do you know what the housing is doing right now? Have you seen the interest route? Do you see this? You're like, there's a, there's a lot going on out there. Jesus is like, oh, this is a good place to nap. You're like, nap. No time for napping. Lots to do. And, and, and there's a reason for that. It's because his heart was set on a, on a world that he's trying to introduce us to. Abiding. Abiding. That's what I want to talk about. Jesus says, you're my disciple if you abide in my word. You know, there's a rhythm that I gave to you in reading the word. And it's not daily. It's, it's definitely not weekly whenever we get to church. But that's okay if you're, if you're, if you're drinking on that spiritual milk, keep doing it. If you keep depending on other people to feed you, keep drinking. But at some point in time, we need to grow up. To get to the point of our rhythm is more on a biblical rhythm that God puts in subtly every once in a while. And it's morning and evening. Look at Joshua chapter 1. I gave this to you a little bit ago. But Joshua chapter 1 is just one of the verses. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Study this book abiding. Study this book taking up residence. Take up this as you're staying in what you hear. Study this book of instruction, or some say the book of the law. Meditate on it. Here's your rhythm. Day and night. So you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only when then, sorry, only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So depending upon your translation, you can have morning and evening. And, and the rhythm is, we talked about last week, what do we do when we sit down? What does our time look like whenever we spend time in the morning? And um, throw back to last week, we talked about the Lectio Divina, the spiritual practice of just reading with the author. You remember that? I'm checking church attendance. Do you guys remember that? Just a couple of, no, just kidding. And then there's other things that you can be filled you can be fed. You can be nourished when you get into the word. You can be corrected, guided, strengthened. Whenever you get into this word. Here's, here's a quick summary. If you missed last week, this is what it looks like. In the morning, you read until something stands out. You read until he reveals something. You read until something's highlighted. You read until it becomes personal. Keep reading. Don't stop. This is the Logos. You keep reading the Logos until the Rhema word comes. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? What was that? That's when you enter into the story. God, tell me more about this. Why do you want me to stop here? 
It's like you're walking down a hallway and God opens up the doors. There's lots of doors. Most of them are closed. Just keep reading. Keep reading. That's a good story. That's good. But you're going to stop and enter that. For whatever reason, God has that door open. You keep reading. You keep reading. You say, hey, come on in. God invites you into that story. He's speaking to you something that he wants to empower you to live. He's speaking something. Remember, he, he creates worlds with his words. He's speaking something that he wants to do inside of you. So sit there for a minute. Take it in. Be engulfed. Ask questions. And then as you walk out, this is the filling moment. But I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a lot that goes on in between your morning and evening. You guys, I, I've talked to you in the lobby. The, the main word that you describe to talk about what happens here in between the dashes, in between morning and evening is busy. Hey, there's a lot going on. So this is a busy season. Well, wasn't summer busy season too? Yeah. Spring? Yes. Fall? Yeah. Winter? Oh, busy. It's busy. I mean, we're just, we have a lot going on, I, and I get it. But there's, there's a lot to do in between morning and evening. So you're saying we just need to pack on more stuff to do? No, because, again, God's not interested in robots. He's interested in walking at a pace with God to abide in him so that we can walk fully alive. Not just crushing our to-do list, but allowing our heart to fully come alive. Life abundantly, super added. Anybody? Rhythms in reading the word. When this happens, you have morning times. We talked about that last week. But then you also have evening times. Meditating on his word, murmuring, speaking his word throughout the day, keeping it on your lips. But when you get to the evening, there's something else that we, I think we've neglected. And it's called reflection. We have lost the ability to reflect on our day. Can I just tell you that we are re- like, listen, as humans, we are really good at reviewing almost every aspect of our life. When was the last time you just looked at your budget and you reviewed your budget and you tweaked it? There's something else coming up. You changed your budget. You adjusted going into the uh, Christmas. Uh, listen, we had two birthdays this weekend. We are definitely looking at our budget just for the record. You review things. Are you with me? You, like when you end one year, 23 is coming into an end, you're going into 24. What are you going to do? You're going to review this last year so that you can maybe get more out of next year. Are you with me? You review it. You review things that happen at work. You're, you have a performance evaluation at work. You're based on the results. You review how you do projects, how you work well with others, how you communicate. You review your performance. We do this in almost every aspect of our life, but the one that matters We are such good stewards of our car, house, budget, money, possessions, everything else. But I don't think that we're we're missing the very stewardship of the most important thing that God's given us, which is our hearts. Jesus says, what does it profit you if you gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? Like, what would it look like for us to go through our days, have great time in the morning to be refreshed, but then to get to our end of our day and actually reflect and review? God, what did you... What did you want that day to look like? I'm not going to go back with guilt. It's not condemnation. It's not shame. It's just reflection. And what I'm not saying is go through your your calendar and be like, oh, I missed it. Oh, I should have done that. That could have been more efficient. No, no, no. Scratch that. What I'm asking is you ask this one question with the Holy Spirit. Takes a couple minutes to just reflect over the day. This is it. 
when you look at when you look at the the rest of your day and reflect and you peek backwards you just ask this question where did i have the opportunity to live out the word where did you give me opportunities moments open doors where i could walk out your word so you so here's your question then what's the word what he spoke to you in the morning Whatever he spoke to you in the morning, that's what you're going to walk through. And at the end of the day, look backwards and say, when, did I ha- when God, did you give me the opportunity to live out your word? Now, don't reflect to a point where you're so discouraged that you have no idea what you're like. Oh, man, I ruined this opportunity. I had another one. Oh, I missed that one, too. I was blind to that. Destroyed this. I blew up on my kids. I sent the email when I shouldn't have. I'm not talking to you just like berate yourself throughout your day i'm not talking about that because in the morning time it's so good you need to be reminded of this even if you have a bad day you get to wake up and the truth is god's mercies are made new every morning so you're not carrying that weight with you you get a clean slate it's sleep is so good for a few different reasons you just get to go to sleep. You're like, forget it, Lord. I just, I messed it up. But I, I want to start fresh with you. And I want you to fill me up to empower me to go live in this day. And there's, there's these moments when you walk through and you can see God in this. And just ask the question, where did you give me the opportunity? So that's your morning times. And that's your, your evening. Now let's fill in some details. This is how practically we're going to abide. And I'm going to throw some scriptures at you. To reinforce this. Okay. So I need, I need your help here. I want you to think about your day. Get real practical. And we've been doing this every single service. And I've had some different answers. I want you to yell out to me some practical things that happen in between morning and evening time. What do you got? Go ahead. Work. Coffee. Coffee. Say again. Traffic. Bad traffic and good traffic. What else? Shower. That's awkward. What's up? <laughs> Keep going. Lunch. Keep going. Kids. Activities. Soccer. What else? Laundry. La- there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Shout out to some laundry. Cooking. Do I have that? No. Cooking. Hit the gym. You know I do. Oh, wait. You're talking about here. I got you. Hit Jim. Yeah. Go ahead. Emails. That's that's a good one. Email. You guys send text messages. You know what you know about that? What is it? Milk the cow. Who said? I'm going to put it in. Where's JB? Is that JB? Okay. See, that's probably where he is. Just give me a second. I need to. You really got me off track with the milk. The was I here? Was I? <laughs> Listen, you have some practical things that you that you walk through in your day. Really busy, a lot of stuff to do. But when you go back to the point of your morning time, and you open up the Word, you listen to Him, you enter the story that God's unveiling to you. You abide. You're encouraged. Come on, let's just, let's just get really practical. How many times have you had some really good morning times? You've read the word. You've even worshipped. 
you prayed for a couple people and then you felt encouraged, strengthened, like strong coming out of the morning. Like you're going to stomp on Satan's head and I'm just going to pull down heaven. I mean, I'm going to encourage that one coworker that I just, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm going to do that. Today's the day. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to hold my tongue whenever that one person speaks up in the meeting because they always do. You're like, you're just coming out of your morning time so refreshed and so ready. Is this ever happening? You have good times? Anybody have good times with Jesus in the morning? These are like two hands. Oh, Lord. Okay, so you're just fired up, man. You're just like, you're ready to go. And then, and then you hit your... Then you hit your, you had some text messages, you go to work, your kids, you know, you drop them off of school, you hit the gym, cause you know, you get big like me. And then of course you hit coffee time. And then by lunchtime, you're just, you're, you're just exhausted. You're done. You're like, I don't know where that guy came out. He came out of the gates hot. He was, he was ready to go. Lunchtime, I'm done cashing it in, putting on my hat. Like what happened? You're just ready to quit. <laughs> like what happens? I'll tell you what happened. You forgot to abide. It, it wasn't it wasn't about how quality of your time. Just listen, D.L. Moody says, um, no one can take in enough air in a day to sustain them for a week. No one can take enough food in for a day to sustain them for a month. Any more that you can abide in the word of God in one moment to try to store it up for months on end. Do you have a great morning time? Yeah, I crushed it. What do you do? Abide. God, you, you spoke to me. You, you filled me up in the word this morning. I need you to do that during my commute, during my work, when I send my text. God, what would, what would this look like if I was aware of you and I sent the text? How about this work environment? I know my wisdom, but you said you give wisdom to anybody who asks. I'm asking for your wisdom. This is... This is abiding, taking and pulling from what you read and what you encountered in the morning and having it spill over in the day. Then all of a sudden these moments that you can be empowered to just start to draw connections. So you start reading the word. Watch this, watch this. You start reading the word. You read until God reveals something to you. You read until he pauses. You read until something stands out. And then you start thinking in that moment. This is still the morning. You start in that moment. You think, hey, this, that situation reminds me of coffee. Reminds me of traffic. Reminds me of emails. Reminds me of, I'm going to skip that one. Reminds me of activities. I don't know what, anyway. It reminds me of of the very mundane things that I have to do, like laundry. Like this moment, like you got to make sure that you're not going the other way. You're reading the word with God. What you're telling me, God, right now, this story that I'm embarking in, that I'm entering in, reminds me of something that I'm going to go throughout my day. How do you connect this word with what I'm about to encounter today? And then when you get to that, doing laundry, you get reminded of this verse. Do all for the glory of God, whether you eat or whether you drink. It's basics. Eating and drinking is basics. Do you think it also includes laundry and coffee and work, commuting, driving, emails, texting? Absolutely. Well, how do you do that? God, you spoke something to me in the morning. I want you to empower me to live that word out right now. As I'm sending the text, as I'm doing the email, as I'm working, as I'm in my car, as I'm with my kids, when I'm here, when I'm there. Because your presence always goes with me. 
And listen, here's the key point. This is why reading and listening to the Holy Spirit is so important. You're only asking him to do, to work out what he has already spoken to you. He filled you up in the morning. And so you're asking him to empower you to do that very thing throughout your day. That's why you don't, you don't get into the Bible being like, okay, I've got a list of commandments. You've got 600 things to do. I need to do this. I need to do this. Do this, do this, do this. I need to honor. I need to love. I need to be patient. I need to do, do, do. You know, that laundry list of what God's asking you to do is also as long as your, your to-do list in your, in your day. So how do you do this? You only do walk out, abide in the things that he gives you in the moment. God, this is what you're speaking to me. And this is what my day is going to go about. Maybe he's speaking to you peace. Listen, listen, I'm going to get really practical. Maybe he's speaking to you peace. Because he knows that what's going to happen at three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon is about to blow up. That meeting that you think is going to go really smooth, it's not. God's sovereign and he knows that. He's going to equip you because he speaks to his children, his servants, before he does something. Are you with me? But you got to be willing. So you read through and peace. Do you know the book of Isaiah said those whose minds are stayed on God have perfect peace. Let me give you something to write down. I want you to write this down. You live in the world that you think of most often. You live... In the world that you think of most often. You could be drinking coffee, having lunch, in traffic. But what are you thinking about? What is your mind stayed on? Jesus' mind was stayed on the kingdom. And he was at perfect peace asleep when there was a physical storm around him. At four o'clock, you're about to encounter a storm. And there is either going to be a strong Anchor for your soul. Greater is he here than the storm that you're going to hit at four. Or it's the inversion. You're weak here. And you let the storm, the winds, dictate you like Ephesians 4. Tossed back and forth. That's exhausting. There's something about staying, listening, abiding in the morning. Let God do his deep Work here so that it can sustain you. You can pull from it as you walk. Now, there's other, there's a, there's a two directional reading. It's two directional reading. Listen to this. If you can just put those notes up real quick. Two directional reading is we just talked about the first one. Let your Bible reading influence or lead your life. But look at this second one. Letting your life, things that happen during your day, inform your Bible reading. So let me just get real practical. Let me just get straight to the point. Let's say that there's a deficiency in operating through your day. Four o'clock hits and you just, you, you've got anger spewed all on the table. And you know it's not anger just from the people in the room, but it was all bottled up inside there. And the people that at four o'clock, they just got sprayed. Are you with me? Something happened during your day that I think it was a tension with your wife that you just suppressed. Tension with your kids in the morning. Tension with the email. Tension with a meeting that you didn't resolve. And then you got to the four o'clock and it was like, I'm ready to blow up at anybody. 
You're laughing. Has this happened to you? I'm not trying to read your mail. They say, well, I'm just going to keep going. Like, it's theoretical. And so you just spray. You just like you just get angry. And then all of a sudden, you reflect. Let your days, let your uh, life inform your Bible reading. So listen to me. If there's deficiencies in wisdom, if there's deficiency in joy, if there's a deficiency in love, if there's a deficiency in patience throughout the day, you want to know why? It's not ill practice. It's not bad habits. It's bad Bible reading. It's not habits, efficiency, discipline, resolve, strength. You can't live the gospel by your strength. It's not by might. It's not by your strength. It's by the Spirit of God. You don't have an effort problem. You have a resting problem. It's an issue of listening. God, I've got anger issues that are showing up during the day. Where do you, where do you take care of them? In the morning. God, I'm going to confess. I heard confessing to you frees me. I heard confessing to you forgives me and cancels the strength of that sin And then you start to do that in the morning. You'll start to see the freedom that you operate throughout the day. This is what Eugene Peterson has to say. If you're around me for a couple minutes, I'm going to quote Eugene Peterson. He says, if we find ourselves deficient in wisdom, listen to this. If we find ourselves deficient in wisdom, it's not because the word of God has pages missing. But because we have not seen all that there is on these pages we already have. It's not another book that we need, but better attention to the book that we have. It's not mere knowledge that we require, but better vision to see what has already been revealed in Jesus Christ. If we have deficiencies throughout our day in the middle of emails and traffic, you know what bothers me is a traffic circle. Anybody? No. See, I got you. Hook, line, and sinker. Traffic circle is not the issue. (laughs) Yeah, just messing with you. Listen, you you know what's wrong? It's It's your coworkers. Come on, anybody. Right, yeah, you won't go for that. The issue with your marriage is really your spouse. Go ahead. Yeah, you know it. See, that's not the way it works. Like, why does Jesus target the entire New Testament? Why is the entire the New Testament towards your heart? Because he knows if he's going to restore humanity, it's got to start at the deepest level of who we are. Our character. If there are deficiencies in wisdom, love, Fruit, patience, God giving us the ability to live, abiding. If there's deficiencies in that here, it's not because somebody ripped out these pages. It's because we don't have the eyes to see what he put here. God, give me, I don't know if you've heard this prayer. Give me the ability to see and to hear. This is the crux of why Jesus spoke in parables. So you would have eyes to see and ears to hear. A heart that turns and understands and is healed. What would it look to go out your day and say, God, I want you to fill me up in the morning. But then when I send my text, when I walk, when I commute, when I go into the meeting, when I send the email, when I drink the coffee, when I hang out with kids, when I'm doing the activities, I'm doing laundry, all of these. God, I'm asking for you To give me the power to be attentive to what you're doing. Because I want to live in the world that you expose to me in the morning. I want to stay there throughout the day. God, allow me to stay there throughout the day. One more from Eugene Peterson, just to put the nail in the coffin. He says, an enormous amount of damage is done in the name of Christian living. Can we stop there? 
I think we can all agree that a lot of people are not following God because of the way we live. Can you agree with that? There's a lot of people that won't go to church because they're like, no, I've seen pastors fall before. I've seen my neighbor who claimed to be a Christian. I've seen that lifestyle. And because there is a tainting uh, dirt and smudges smearing on all of the people of God, then they won't follow him. So I, I think this can be absolutely true. An enormous amount of damage is done in the name of Christian living. But I think where he's going is, is pretty, pretty telling. There's an enormous amount of damage done in the name of Christian living by, because of, bad Bible reading. So beware of how you read. Don't read this like any other book. Don't read it like you read the newspaper, emails, text. This is not for information. This is so that you can encounter the author. And when you hang out and you have a relationship with him, he wants your entire day. So that you can abide with him. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 7. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a man who's wise who built his house on the rock. James one twenty two. But be, what is this? But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because when you, listen, when you only do things and you detach yourself from a relationship with God, you become deceived. There's a blindness that goes over. There's, there's just this religious mask. You're like, all right, I'm doing good. I'm, I, it looks like to everybody else, I'm perceiving to be a good, godly person. I read my Bible. I pray. This is the issue with Jesus when he had a, a tax collector and a Pharisee. He's like, the, the Pharisee said, hey, I'm, I'm predominantly letting you know I fast this many times a week. I tithe this amount. I do all, the, I do all these things. Which reminds me of another scripture that God says, you know, at the end of time, there will be some that will be surprised that do powerful things. If your relationship is depending only on your gift, you don't have a relationship. God will work through you in spite of who you are. God blessed the Israelites even when Moses was disobedient. God loves his people. He'll use broken vessels every single day. He'll use donkeys if people aren't available to speak through. I mean, this is all throughout Scripture. But the thing is, it reminds me of the Scripture that says, even if you do powerful things, you can cast out demons in my name. Pretty sure you need God's help for that. You can prophesy. You can speak angelic tongues in my name. You can do all that. But he says, depart from me. Why? Because I didn't know you. It's not about the doing. It's about being. Doing comes out of being. Doing comes out, our habits and our actions come out of the overflow of where our hearts postured, resting in the presence of God. Luke 6 says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you do not do what I say? You call me friend, don't call me buddy. Jesus like, that's not who I am. I am the Lord over all. Every knee is going to bow. I'm a friend. God says, I'm a friend to you because I called you friend. Not because we're all chummy chummy. Don't treat me like one of your friends that you can text whenever you want to. He's the Lord over everything. There needs to be a healthy reverence in our life. 
And not just to do whatever we want and just engulf in our passions just because we think that's how we should be living. God's given us instruction to live abundantly, connected to Him, abiding in Him, following Him. We come fully alive when we have a relationship with Him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord and not do what I say? Luke eleven twenty eight says this. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and, say this with me, and keep it. Don't just hear. It's a good message. You guys like this message? It's a good word. Jesus does the same thing. It's a good message? Great. That's why we need to form groups. Let's get into groups so that we can live this out. Hey, listen. Hebrews said, unless we attach ourselves to the word that we listen to, we're going to drift from it. We need to attach ourselves to community to keep us accountable to the word that we heard so that we don't drift from it. Last one, John thirteen seventeen. Now that you know these things, all right, now that we're all accountable, now we know them, blessed are you if you do them. I told you before, God's not going to welcome us in because you read the Bible a lot. We're not going to get to the end of our days and be like, hey, well done for all the Bible reading that you did. I I saw you. You cracked it open at the break of dawn, and you actually did three one-year Bible reading programs within a year. God's not going to be like, hey, man, you read well. He said you are going to have the ability to take what he has given to you as he speaks to you and be willing, humble enough for him to live it out in you. Well done, not well said, well done, good and faithful servant. He's looking for humble, willing individuals who will submit themselves to God in a relationship, father, son, father, daughter, so that we can enjoy him forever, knowing him, reading the word, abiding him throughout the day and being transformed so that we can have the power to do what God's calling you to do. You're on assignment. You are on a mission. The city that you live in needs you to live out your relationship with God. Your friends, your family, your kids, everybody around you is aching and desiring for you to live out God inside of your heart. They yearn for all of creation for the revealing of sons and daughters. They're waiting for you to live out And it doesn't have to be fake, just genuine. Stumble through it if you want to. But it's just living life, abiding in God, pulling as much as we can from what He's given us. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.